You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, proleftpod.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There's a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. This is the podcast for March 22nd, 2019. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from the Cornfield Resistance, where David Brooks is camped out right next door looking for the real America, it's the professional left with Drift Class and Blue Gal. He doesn't know where the real America is. He's in Nebraska, or (laughs) Nebraska City, Iowa, or Nebraska. He's over there. In a cornfield with a bunch of people from that city sitting around a table talking about reweaving their community uh-huh. and how hard it is. And But you know, you know what, Blue Gal? I learned they have good rural values. Salt of the earth, those people. Just well, regular, good old-fashioned, decent, corn-fed Americans. And you know what else? That one fucking word about politics or culture or Trump or anything at all. It's just, you know what's cool? Middle America's cool. I want to say a prayer or say words of comfort to those people in the Midwest that are dealing with massive flooding. Yes. And it is not helpful that a certain congressman from Iowa is dissing uh, flood victims from other parts of the country where people are not so white. (laughs) And that's all I'm going to say about that, because if I have to talk about that particular person today, I'm going to have a fit. Well... I recall what the the words of Jonah Goldberg, who is going, who's the new savior of the Republican Party, who's going to I save heard. conservatism. <laughs> uh, after Katrina, mm-hmm. his advice was grow gills. Yeah, well, this you is know? that's exactly what uh, Steve King is talking about. That mm-hmm. you know, Katrinas are the Katrina people are moochers, right? While uh, large parts of Iowa and other parts of the Midwest are underwater, and they are. The often Air Force Base yeah. is underwater where, yep. you know, yep. it's it's very, very bad. And more is coming and there are going to be flash floods. And even in our paper today, it said record flooding is on the way for basically anyone who lives near a snowpack or river, um, which is terrible and, and going to be pretty much the new normal unless mm-hmm. we do something pretty drastic about climate change pretty fast. Uh, but, you know, there are no consequences to Steve King saying there's no consequences. To not. No, no. I, his his voters keep turning out. And yeah. uh, that's that's sad for the people who don't vote for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll try again. I think that it's just like our district and that we don't have. <laughs> I have to admit, I do not like our congressman, but he is not Steve King. He is no. an enabler no. of the of the party yes. of Steve King. Yes. And every le- in, looking very working very hard to become a leader in the party of Steve mm-hmm. King. But uh, he's not Steve King in terms of being that level of embarrassing. But he's a log on the bonfire. He you is. Know? Every he is. Every yep. Republican congressman is a Republican con- is a count towards majority. Right. You know. Right. Every Republican senator is a a vote for Mitch McConnell. Absolutely. Period. Absolutely. And that's just the way that's the way our government works now. And it doesn't. I don't really care about the fact that you you looked at the bus and you know, on your left is a Klansman, on your right is a skinhead, and a, a Nazi is driving. You're like, but but I'm a nice guy. Okay, get off the fucking bus. Yeah, get out of the party. No, that's it. That's it. Well, uh, the days of of politeness, disguising hatred, disguising mm. bigotry are over. Yeah. Um, 
And I, you mentioned McConnell. Yeah. Uh, several people this week uh, retweeted the speech from the New Zealand leader about bigotry and how we can't mm-hmm. have bigotry because if we have bigotry, that leads to extremism. She really made the connection that just allowing bigotry as kind of a, you know, oh, free speech and we need to have it and and so forth. And she said, no, we have to eliminate bigotry from our discourse because it mm-hmm. leads to extremism and killings. Yeah. Yeah. And there are, you know, it is like yelling fire in a crowded theater. If you are yelling mm-hmm. N-word and thinking it's okay, uh, you are inciting violence when you do that. Well, and this is what we we in this country, and rightly so, mm-hmm. um, criticize the Taliban for. Yeah. You know, they were they provided the sort of religious and vocabulary pretext for Al-Qaeda to murder mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and it was, no, we give, we give you the moral and, and religious authority to go forth and do horrible things in God's name. Well, and, and, and so this, so when I saw like the third or fourth retweet of this woman's words, I said, yeah, but in the U.S., Mitch McConnell won't let a no racism bill on the Senate floor. Right. That's our politics. And, and, and that makes it really easy to identify the source of the infection. Exactly. It's Mitch McConnell. Yeah. It's the Republican Party. There's really no... There's no rational debate anymore about where the problem's located. Mm-hmm. Now it's just how can the people who let it grow and let it fester and let it turn into this monster factory cover their own asses and pretend to salvage um, their their financial reputations and their professional reputations? And uh, they're trying. Uh, you know, got to give them that. The people who brought us this catastrophe are working really hard to pretend they had nothing to do with it, and that it's somehow and and to change the subject from. The Republican Party is an existential threat to the United States, and Republican voters are the problem, too. Well, you know, maybe that's true, but Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is pretty extreme, too, and that Green New Deal. And, you know, you know who'd be good? Joe Biden would be good. Strident. You know who'd be good? They're too strident. Yeah. You know, uh, Driftglass, this week was the 16th anniversary of the Iraq War. Boy, did that uh, remind yeah, people of go. kind of where the fault lines are. I was grateful yeah. to Chris Hayes for saying uh, a little segment from the Professional Life podcast, it seemed to me. I really? don't know about you. It was, <laughs> it was. I, I got more than one comment going, I didn't know you were, you looked like Chris Hayes. What were you doing on television? <laughs> um, I, it was quite, I was, you know, given full props for doing yep. that. Yep. Uh, three full minutes on cable news talking about, and this is, maybe we should unpack what actually happened. Yeah. Because it, it seemed kind of important. Uh, not just because it's inherently important, but because we get to do our little end zone dance and go, we told you, we told you, we told you so, uh, which always we, delights we me. We, we don't enjoy doing the I told you so dance as much as Drift Glass lets on. No, I, I hate doing <laughs> really? that. Really? We this don't like doing like, that. <laughs> you recall um, um, broadcast news where um, Holly... Holly Hunter? Is being, is being lectured about... Oh, I guess you just must love being the smartest person yeah. in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And she says, no, it's horrible. It's horrible. You hate it's it. It's awful. Yep. It's awful. Are you kidding me? It's it's watching your country continue to drunk drive into one catastrophe after another in an entirely preventable series of catastrophes mm-hmm. brought on by one political party. And the people in authority who could stop it, who should stop it, are so busy making fucking money off of it that they, and, and they know that the, the – 
the out of control beer truck is never going to crash into them. It's never going to take out their families. It's not going to hurt their kids. They don't really give a shit. Um, so they just keep letting it happen and shrugging it off and 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 absolving the people who are uh, who are enabling it and ignoring the driver stumbling out of one catastrophe at getting into the next truck and crashing that one. And this time, Chris Hayes really did put the dots together uh, that it is the fact that we let the Iraq war pimps and enablers and liars, the Ari Fleischers mm-hmm. of the world, frankly, and the Bill Crystals of the world and the David Brookses of the world and the David Frums and the Michael Gersons and all the rest of them were completely absolved. Never did a day in jail, never missed a meal. Everyone was absolved because it was all, after it all fell apart. It was all every, it was everyone's fault. Everyone made a mistake. We were all equally to blame. It was all just mismanagement. Let's move on to talking about how Barack well, Obama I, is not an I American citizen. Also, add Ari Fleischer's tweet from sure. two days ago, from Wednesday, the anniversary. His long, his long, his long thread. thread about yeah, yeah, the Iraq War, mm-hmm. and and taking yeah. this opportunity to lie some more is what he did. Yes, but yeah. the the first tweet, and I did mention this to you. The thing that made it the art of lying was saying that mm-hmm. I have been meaning to set the record straight for years on this. Yeah. Yes. I finally <laughs> got around to it on the Twitter. And you know why it's good on the Twitter? Because then you can delete it a month later, pretend you never right. said it. You can do what we call greenwalding or sirotaing. or sirotaing. And just wipe out your entire history and pretend you never said this shit. And the right. people who want right. to drag it in are pedantic and don't really want to move forward. And, are, you know, it's just very, very shrill and, I don't want to argue about the the new new travesty that I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, it, there, um, um, Charlie Pierce wrote a wonderful column, essentially recapitulating um, uh, what Chris Hayes said, which was the reason we have Donald Trump is because we let these assholes off the hook, right? And we we let them off the hook after Iraq. They saw that n- nobody was going to hold them accountable for anything. Fuck, let's just do it again. Yep. And they got addicted to never being held. And by they, I mean everyone in the Republican Party, all the pundits, all the politicians especially the voters. Nobody went around door to door shaming Republican jagoffs in the heartland right. uh, for for falling for this shit, for falling. All, and, and once it became clear it was a bad idea for going all in with with Michelle Malkin. Yeah. Yeah. You know, extending the pain and, and misery and agony by saying it's all liberals. It's all a bunch of liberal lies. It's all a bunch of liberals misdirecting you. And you have to shut up and listen to the president of the United States. Your job you know, don't you know 9-11 changed everything, blue gal? Except when the black guy was president, then it changed back to, no, no, whatever Barack Obama says is a lie. We don't have to listen to a goddamn thing he says. It was in these moments of transition between Clinton and Bush and Bush and Obama and Obama and Trump, where you can see the Republican Party is a soulless, depraved, nihilistic force for evil in the world. Mm-hmm. Because they they completely repudiate everything they said they believed, everything they swore on their children's lives they believed five minutes before, and nobody mentions it. Nobody calls them on it. Because there's so much fucking money in not doing that. And Chris Hayes finally said, look, the reason these guys, the reason Donald Trump's in the White House is we let Republicans get away with murder over and over again. He, ma- he, he made the professional left podcast connection. Between the past and the right, present, sure. which is absolutely has to. I have I have the quote yeah. here from what he said, if no, you don't no. mind. Uh, the people who voted for the Iraq war still have prominent positions and some have recognized the error of their ways. And that matters. But the broader lesson is you don't 
when you don't confront the past, you create conditions that lead to something like the current administration, where cheerleader hack John Bolton is convincing the president he is the national security advisor. Mm -hmm. And as we speak, banging the drums of war against Iraq and Venezuela. Mm -hmm. And and I think he meant Iran. Yeah. Um, and unless we deal with the Trump era differently than the Bush administration, history will repeat itself again. Yes. Right now, you can go to the Worldwide Speakers Group website to book for a fee John Kelly, who oversaw the DHS department where they were developing a policy to tear children away from their parents. A man whose trusted staffer had been accused of domestic violence by two ex-wives who then defended said staffer who lied again about a member of Congress in a desperate attempt to protect the president. And now you can pay to hear that man's wisdom. Mm -hmm. One of the main lessons of the Trump era is that shamelessness is a kind of political superpower. Mm -hmm. The more I think about it on this day of all days, I realize that they learned that from the Iraq war crew. They sure did, because they are the and, Iraq war crew. And I ended my post on that with, you know, Memory is the liberal superpower. Yeah. Truth is the liberal superpower. Shamelessness is the conservative superpower. And well, I mean that about the governor of, of Virginia as well. Yeah. He is a conservative in terms of how he runs his politics. He should resign for the whole blackface thing. I'm not over that. No. And but but he learned the lesson, which is you dig in and you don't resign and people forget. He yeah. learned that from the Iraq war pimps. So, and, and the reason – and Donald Trump every day digs in a little deeper yep, and says, yep. if you touch me, my people will burn this country down. That's well, essentially the threat Well, and now that you making. say that, I think this is really a good dovetail to um, – we're getting very deep into the weeds all of a sudden. I'm really glad. Uh, yeah. James Comey did an yeah, op-ed yeah, yeah. in the New York Times on Thursday. I mean, I just say, fuck James Comey. Uh, and James Comey said that he hoped, quote-unquote – he hoped that we wouldn't impeach Donald Trump, that that instead Donald Trump would be voted out of office. And other people have said this as well. Uh -huh. uh, his point being that if, and here's the quote, I hope Mr. Trump is not impeached because a significant portion of this country would see this as a coup. Uh -huh. And uh, a Twitter stream <laughs> known as they are all known these days as <laughs> Devin Nunes's bath sheet. Um, <laughs> uh, really boiled it down to, to a very important element. He said, I think the underlying sentiment in your op-ed is that a large portion of the country doesn't care if the president is compromised by a foreign rival and would consider mm -hmm. it a coup regardless of his criminality. That is scary. And so there right. was a woman on Lawrence last night. It was Ollie Velshi subbing for Lawrence. I found it interesting that Thursday night Lawrence and Rachel were both out. And that to mm -hmm. me says that maybe they're staying on Friday to maybe they'll be on tonight. Um, well, they were at my event. I was a, they were I did an event, last event night. Drift yeah. Lab. Yeah. It was very popular. It was very Drift popular. Was at a a Springfield community event last night. So yes. Yeah. Very popular. Very, I'm just saying <laughs> that's where very they popular. were. Okay. Uh, Dahlia Lithwick, who does a podcast. Uh, she's very cool. She's a cool person. Yeah. Um, yeah. And do you know what her podcast is called? Uh, Lithwick with Lithwick. I, can, I don't know. No, it's, it's a Lithwick. legal podcast. We'll put it in our notes. Uh, mm -hmm. Dahlia Lithwick uh, was on and she is a legal analyst. And she said Comey's argument was crazy making. 
Uh, yes. I agree with the beginning of the op-ed where he says, I don't have a dog in this fight. I just want the facts. That's great. But this part where he great. says, whatever yep. the outcome is, don't go for impeachment because there's going to be a blowback. We must not conform right. our responses to the Mueller report to sort of mollify angry people who are not going to accept it as true. We can't be afraid right. of where truth takes us. If we do, this starts to look like asymmetrical warfare. It already is asymmetrical warfare. It especially looks like asymmetrical, is what I wrote. It especially looks like asymmetrical warfare when you consider the number of Republicans prepared to pre-impeach Hillary Clinton the moment she put her yeah. hand on the Bible. Yeah. Yo, James Comey, your party is the party of Solyndra, Fast and Furious, Whitewater, Baby Parts, Vince Foster, Birth Certificate, Kenyan Muslim, Uranium One, Seth Rich, Benghazi, and the Tarmac. Pizzagate. Pizzagate yeah. and your emails. And so impeach her now, right now. <laughs> don't don't wait. And this is the party that did impeach Bill Clinton. Hannity is still impeaching Bill yeah. Hillary Clinton. Yeah. <laughs> and and who couldn't find enough to hang on Barack Obama to actually impeach him. So they just settled for grinding the entire government to a halt so he couldn't govern. Right. Right. But and this is this is why James Comey is a fucking asshole. Because <laughs> what he's Go sugarcoat it, Drift Glass. Because what, what he's arguing is remember, if if an an angry enough armed mob is is formed, do what they say. If they're you know, Republicans, do if they're Republicans, if they're Republicans, knowing that that liberals will always try to find a middle ground and a peaceful solution. No, if a, if an armed mob shows up, give them what they want. Uh, give us Barabbas. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, the mob has shown up and decided that they don't want this criminal traitor impeached, which is the constitutional remedy for a president who is no longer fit to serve as president. And the the mob of wingnuts who would have no trouble impeaching Hillary Clinton, who did impeach Bill Clinton, and who 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 would wouldn't touch George Bush, and who who laughed off and and mocked and and just just sneered at anyone who suggested we even hold hearings on whether or not we'd been lied into the Iraq War, or whether or not Dick Cheney's friends were making money off the mm -hmm. Iraq War, or whether or not we'd authorized torture or any of those other things, who wouldn't hear a fucking word of it because it's a Republican. If you let this mob get away with it again, we're we're never going to be done with this. It'll never be over. And and Comey is is a big enough boy to know this. But he's a Republican. He does he he's a David Brooks Republican. And the and the advice from David Brooks Republicans is always just give the bull your lunch money and he'll leave you alone next time. And it has never fucking worked. But that is Beltway conventional wisdom. And they're in the Beltway conventional wisdom. And and the However bad Trump is, mm -hmm. it still hasn't – the fire still hasn't reached their door. So they really don't care. They just want to be left alone. Right. They don't want to hear – all they hear are people shouting and they want everybody to be quiet. And, and, the, and the quickest way to quiet everyone down because they don't listen to liberals anyway is just to give the wing that's what they want. Right. Don't impeach him. My, my God. And the you you went to the, the post you wrote about the Iraq yes. anniversary. Yes. I'm going to go to the post I didn't write about the Iraq. <laughs> let me let me interrupt you one moment and just say that the Dahlia Lithwick podcast is uh, a slate podcast and it's amicus is the name of it. OK, so the post that you did not write. <laughs> I did not write um, because, you know, I, I was busy. Uh, the, but the, the three uh, items, the three things that are still fall out from the Bush's Iraq debacle. Mm -hmm. uh, that that are I think are terribly important are, are really still infecting our groundwater and are and we're still stuck with it and we're still poisoning our political atmosphere is number one 
that it created a liberal free fire zone in which every conservative, even those who are now on tour are in the country, like tensile revivalists preaching humility and hugs like David Brooks, were given <laughs> freedom to let their libtard hating freak flags fly. Mm -hmm. And they did. Boy, howdy, did they ever. They just let they, they dropped a house on anyone who thought George Bush was anything other than a god. And and if you don't believe me, look up any of our posts from that period, because this month is my 14th anniversary. I've been blogging since the middle of the Bush administration. It's in my fucking archives. It's in your archives. It's in every liberal bloggers archives who's been do around for a while. It, just go look up the Dixie Chicks. That's what it was like to be in this country opposing the Iraq war even mildly during the Bush administration. And everyone from George Bush to Dick Cheney to Karl Rove opened the door and basically told all the conservatives just shit all over them. You're protected. No one's going to do a goddamn thing because we're going to have a permanent Republican majority. We're never going to lose. So say whatever the hell you want. There are never going to be any consequences to any of it. And that was the second thing that fell out of it. The Republicans became firmly heroin level addicted to never being held accountable for anything. They, they started to see that as their natural right. So, so once you believe that it's your right to say whatever the fuck you want, do whatever the fuck you want, treat liberals however shitty you want, vote however you want, poison whatever you want, and no one is ever going to hold you accountable for it. You're just Al Capone. You're just a mobster. You're, you're a, you've become a full-blown sociopath. And once you become dependent on that, you freak out when anyone even tries to mention the past or mention what you said last week or mention how you blew things up or mention why you were wrong because you were promised by Lord Jesus and Donald Trump that you would never be held accountable for anything. And these heretics on the left are trying to make you own the shit you said. And that's why once the Bush administration collapsed, third thing, the entire Beltway media became addicted to both sides do it mm -hmm. both sides the only place left for the people to go who were completely completely wrong about the iraq war and everything else was to hide in the basement of the high and holy church of both sides do it and that became the state religion anybody who writes both sides both sides both sides any any two-bit hack like ron fournier or matthew dowd or or kathleen parker kept their job mm -hmm. you know the word went out as long as you're writing as long as you're blaming everything on both sides you get to keep your job. You'll get promoted. If you step out of the line, if you start talking about how the Republicans might actually be responsible for this, then you end up like Norm Ornstein. <laughs> you end up listed. <laughs> yeah. But those were th the three big things that came out of the Iraq war. And those are three things that all predate Donald Trump by a decade. A lot. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and those are the things that all converged to make it possible for a monster like Donald Trump to be elected. Absolutely. The Drift Glass, I want to change gears just a little bit. Sure. Uh there was uh, a wonderful interview on Morning Joe this week, <laughs> of uh -huh. all places. And this is this we we have to do a mea culpa on this because Pete Buttigieg is uh, for real, yes. right? Our hands were slapped, and we liked it. And we <laughs> <laughs> well, and we read a letter from a listener about that. About yes. you know, yeah, no, what, we were He really we were is a good wrong. progressive guy and very smart. And uh, yep. we didn't know that I bought his book uh on kindle yep. and i'm reading it and uh you know he speaks languages and is uh a progressive and he knew exactly how to push back on joe scarborough joe yes. scarborough mm -hmm. wanted him to say i'm a centrist no i'm not i'm a progressive i don't find those labels helpful but i'm a progressive and uh pushed back on 
Uh, but how do we work with Republicans? Well, you know, I've had to get things done with Republicans. I've had Republican governors as, as mayor of South Bend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that doesn't mean I compromise my principles. Um, and he he just really impressed a lot of people. And then that afternoon, there was an interview published in Esquire magazine with Pete Buttigieg in which he brushed up against a little bit of criticism of the Hillary Clinton campaign. Uh huh. And you would have thought he had boiled a baby on Twitter. It was unbelievable. The number of tweets I saw where, well, he's dead to me. <laughs> yeah. Not dead to me. Dead. And, and I went and looked at the interview and you can go and read it. It is at Esquire and you can go read it for yourself. Esquire. I've heard of them. The question he was asked was about cults of personality, focusing on the person rather than the policies, Mm -hmm. and running just against Trump. Uh And he made a comment about the phrase, I'm with her, Mm -hmm. as being too simplistic to make a difference for most young voters. They really want to see policies. Now, he didn't say... Hillary Clinton didn't have any policies. He didn't say that. Right. He didn't. He didn't say that she was unprepared. He didn't say that. He didn't make any criticism of her politics at all. Mm-hmm. But I think so much of what we're dealing with. First of all, we're dealing with trolls, and we're dealing with bots, and we're dealing with a lot of people who are not really people on Twitter. I understand that. Mm-hmm. But. A lot of us are just raw at this point, and I include myself in this. Yes, Uh, scalded feelings, really. Scalded and feeling PTSD about the 2016 election that night was is burned in our memories. Mm -hmm. You know, having our health care threatened is burned in our memories, and wanting to make sure that people are fighting with us a hundred percent. Yes, that we don't have time for anyone who's not behind isn't behind us a hundred percent. Right. And so we dismiss anything that looks like it might even hint at betrayal of us because we cannot handle it. And so I am speaking for myself here, really guarding my feelings about this and not endorsing anybody. For God's sakes, the first debate is in June. I can wait till then I, to, I to can, dismiss somebody. I can, you know, the Mueller report will have been released 72 times by then. So, <laughs> you know. It's, That's right. Yeah. And, and uh, you know, the uh, House Oversight Committee will have zero documents from yes. the White House by yes. June as well. And Donald Trump uh, will have lied a bunch more times. And Kellyanne sure, Conway and George sure, Conway sure. would have gone on the battling Bickerson tour five more times. Dug up the corpse of John McCain 300 more times. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's going to continue to be bad and it's going to continue to hurt you know that this guy is still in office that's just the case while we're listening to these candidates and some of them will say things that will disappoint you and you'll say well you know i really can't go along with that that's not my preference as a candidate right that's why i i definitely think that the general consensus is we need people of color and we need women representing the party this time around i get that that i feel that way too Mm -hmm. Uh, that doesn't mean I'm dismissing every white guy out there. Uh, thank goodness. (laughs) Hickenlooper (laughs) took his mom to see deep throat. (laughs) Fantastic. You know, I can, I can, uh, I'm old enough to remember time when that might disqualify a candidate. (laughs) I took my mom to see Conan the Barbarian. I'm still, I'm still freaked out about that. (laughs) 
So, uh, at any rate, I, for the sake of being kind to myself, this is yes. why I'm talking about me here. Self-care. Deep breath. I'm not, uh, there, there are some candidates I will tell my audience, yes, I'm not going to vote for Tulsi Gabbard. Right. <laughs> you know, that's not going to happen. In the primary. Uh, in the primaries. No, right. I'm not going to vote for her in the primary. No, I will not be doing that uh, either. <laughs> that's, that I will announce. But uh-huh. for most of these other candidates who are, uh, you know, have maybe a little tiny daylight between them in terms of issues. Right. Uh, but for the most part are united on where they want to take the country. And it's away from Republicanism, not just away from Donald Trump. Right. Uh, I When I'm impressed with somebody, like I was totally impressed with Elizabeth Warren this week. She gave yeah. a two-minute answer on why we need to break up Amazon. It was so remarkable. I wrote it up. Two minutes. I totally understood what she was saying. She is already the economics teacher in chief. <laughs> you know, she is able to explain why in two minutes in a way that I, as someone who does not understand economic theory at all, gets it. Oh, okay. This is fair. And she's not telling me, you know, she's not telling anyone they can't shop at Amazon. She's saying the way Amazon's doing business is not fair. And you get it. It's like, yeah. oh, <laughs> wow. Well, she well, explains it. So when someone does that, when someone pushes a policy, pushes mm-hmm. an idea, pushes a way of changing things to make things better in a way that impresses me, I'm going to say so. But I'm not going to go, up. Oh, that candidate's dead to me <laughs> because they said something in an Esquire interview or they said something that, w- that appeared to be a gaffe or they apologized for a joke they told or whatever it is. I'm taking a deep breath and not feeling the need to be part of that chorus. Right. It is is the official policy of the Professional Left Podcast. Right. The Professional Left Podcast will support the Democratic nominee for president. That is correct. We will campaign for them. We will send them money if they need it. We will will knock doors. We will do whatever is necessary within our, our limited power to get the Democratic nominee for president elected in 2020, period. That's it. That's our policy. And in the um, meantime, for the pri- for the Illinois primary, which is later than California, which yep. is later than Iowa, which is later than New Hampshire, et cetera, I have one vote. <laughs> right. I have, in the I have Illinois one vote primary. Too. That's what I've got. So, um, secondly, yeah. I'd like to mention Bernie Sanders. I don't want to say anything else about him. I just want to make sure John Cusack doesn't come screaming at me that <laughs> the Bernie well, Sanders blackout is real, people. It's, it's, it's interesting. Real. It's interesting because the the Sam B. Samantha B. on yep. Full Frontal. Uh, made a joke about Bernie Sanders and please, uh, Bernie Sanders supporters, don't come kill me. Right. And I thought, you know, that's kind of not funny. Right. It's um, kind of not funny. Right. And and if it fell to me, if for that joke fell flat, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time, you get it. to have that perception or to be able to make a joke like that. Right. And people enough people get it that it makes it through the filters that you know this joke is going to go on the air right uh that's on bernie sanders to fix and so let's just say don't six sirota on us okay Um, you know i mean it's it's because because it is what it is i you know we have a bernie sanders supporter in the house we have a bernie sanders supporter at college he's probably he's leaning towards sanders right and and that's fine Look, and, and the other thing is about Sanders, too, um, I get it that there are people who uh, want Bernie Sanders because why 
Why water down? Why go to a, a, a prop plane when you have a jet plane right. available? Right. right. Why? When, yeah, oh, look. And, and as we've said, you know, a lot of Bernie Sanders policies are now the Mainstream regular Democratic. ordinary policies yeah. of the entire Democratic Party. Well, then why aren't we supporting Demo- Bernie Sanders? Because he's the originator of all these ideas. Let's go for that. I think you can make the same argument about Elizabeth Warren. Yes. Uh, you know, that a lot of her ideas are now de rigueur in the Democratic Party. Uh, I only I only mentioned Bernie Sanders because there is a vast web of Bernie supporters sweeping, um, uh, scrutinizing every media outlet in the universe. Mm-hmm. And if you talk about politics and don't mention him explicitly, they will jump on your neck and yell at you for not. Oh, it's think. the blackout. It's the blackout. It's real. All right. So we mentioned him. All right. We're not. That's it. We're done. We're done mentioning him. We've mentioned him. Now we're Bernie done. Sanders. I'm not eliminating Bernie Sanders from. No. Uh, contention in in my mind at all. Uh, I have two two young people reminding me that Bernie Sanders is right on a lot of issues. So uh, that is true. Uh, It'll be I am really going to be interested to see how he does in New Hampshire this time around. Uh, It's very close to home for him being right next door. And he's got a lot of competition. I've said that before. And here's the third thing. And this is where we dovetail back to our our notes. Um, Now that we've complimented the white guy and <laughs> Two been white neutral, guys, right. neutral about the other white guy. I'm going to diss the black guy. No, I'm not dissing him, but I there. Uh, this is David Brooks being super David Brooks. This uh-huh. week. David mm-hmm. Brooks uh, loves the word moment. Everyone has a moment. There's always, you know, the, the, the Pete Buttigieg moment it, that column hasn't been written yet, but all of the, his favorite Republicans, the Marco Rubio moment. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, Cory Booker found his moment <laughs> with David Brooks. Yes. And he wrote an extended column about how do Democrats want the fist or the open hand? Uh-huh. And, and it's, it's how how Cory Booker practices radical love and forgiveness and open heartedness. And and it, some Democrats feel you need a knife fighter. We need a brawler. We need to go someone to go toe to toe with Donald Trump. But but Cory Booker and this is where David Brooks's heart is. Um, the, and I'm giving you a direct quote now. Um, the disease is in our context and not in our souls. And that context can be changed with better leadership. Uh-huh. And it's this whole column about how if if Cory Booker were president and he were to do the things he said he did with his open heart and his love and his hope and his change and let's all reach out and be bipartisan, because Republicans aren't bad people. The, the idea that Republicans are evil mm-hmm. or do bad mm-hmm. things because they mm-hmm. want to is crazy talk. Mm-hmm. It's this poisonous D.C., uh, a hyperpartisan tribal context. Hey, Drew Class. Drew Class. Yes. Yes. Donald Trump is going to put a candidate like that through the meat grinder. We tried this experiment already. Yes, we did. It was called the Obama administration. Yeah. Republicans told him to go fuck himself. Yeah. And yeah. and brought the government to its knees. David Brooks is just pretending that never happened. Right. right. That just fucking never. It didn't prove anything. It never happened. Uh, and we should just run exactly the same experiment again with exactly the same Republican Party. And this time, it'll all work out differently because they're not bad people. Their context is just wrong. Uh-huh. And this is David Brooks being the most ludicrously, like, drunk off his ass on both sides bullshit I've seen him in years. Because he he's not just suggesting some arbitrary abstract theory. It's no, let's just run exactly the same experiment we ran with Obama. He was trying to cash and, the same check five times. Yeah. yeah. And pretend and pretend that somehow it will it will result in a different result. And 
the idea that he gets away with that, that's the content. I think that's sort of the, the theme of the show. The idea that all of these guys, all these, these Iraq era, Bush era, writing for the Weekly Standard, war pimping assholes are not only didn't get, uh, got away with it then, they're still getting away with it. There's still no consequences for someone writing shit this bad. Um, I, I, I'm working on a post right now. It was, you know, 2006. David Brooks is on the Chris Matthews show, mocking liberals as, you know, you're going to have, as crazy. The, the, you got Daily Coast and you got the bloggers who are all crazy. And because the, the, those people were saying the Iraq war is going badly and it's falling and your, your, your lies are collapsing around your ears. And David Brooks just laughed at that. Just that's, just full, that's bullshit. That's nonsense. Who, who would ever believe such things? Exactly a decade later, the same guys on Meet the Press say, don't worry, it's Marco Rubio. It'll be Rubio all the way. Uh, Donald Trump's a fluke. Someone who's that consistently, catastrophically wrong about everything for a decade on the air and still has a job tells me something much more drastically wrong is going on in our media than just mistakes. There is a conspiracy. There's an active conspiracy among the Iraq war pundits to hang on to their jobs. And the only way they do that is by lying about liberals, lying about Republicans, lying about their past, and owning the cameras and owning the media corporations so that no other opinion ever makes it on the air. And that's what scares yeah, me. Yeah, yeah. Because if that, if that continues to be the, the, the funnel through which all political public opinion is funneled, we're never going to hear anything except, what about Pete Buttigieg's emails? You know, I mean, there's going to be some fucking trivial scandal. Yes, whatever it is. You know. Hey, Drift Class, let's do a news roundup. Okay. Let's do Trump that. warned that people will not stand for it if Robert Mueller's report makes him look bad. Trump called Mueller's yeah. report illegitimate because he was never elected and complained to reporters that he now has to deal with somebody writing a report despite having won one of the greatest elections of all time. He is now also greeting reporters with the words, no collusion. <laughs> yes, that literally comes out of his mouth. All that, My ringtone is now no collusion, just so I know <laughs> not to answer those people. The commandant of the U.S. Marine Corps warned that sending troops to the U.S.-Mexican border and funding and, and funds the transfer under Trump's emergency declaration has posed a, quote, unacceptable risk to Marine Corps combat readiness and solvency. I remember when Republicans used to care about shit like that. Yeah. Here's your reminder that Deutsche Bank loaned more than $2 billion to Trump over nearly two decades at a time when the other banks wouldn't lend to him. And here's a reminder that Trump is considering Heritage Foundation crackpot Stephen Moore for a seat on the board of the Federal Reserve. He's also uh, apparently considering Herman Cain as well. Yeah. Because Stephen Moore isn't qualified enough uh, at, as 999. <laughs> Trump charged his own reelection campaign $1.3 million for rent, food, lodging, and other expenses at Trump-owned properties since taking office. Impeachable offense. Emoluments clause right. uh, for future generations. 78% of Republicans who watch Fox News say Trump is the most successful president in fucking history, compared to only half of all Republicans who do not watch Fox News. What is the line from uh, Manchurian Candidate? 
Uh, Donald Trump is the nicest, kindest, bravest, most heroic human being I've ever met in my life. Something like that. Something like that. And and that, (laughs) and by the way, here's a, here's a tip for, for all you, you cats and kittens out there who are on the Twitter. Every time you get into an argument with some troll out there, and I just don't, I just mute them, who tries to come back with you with shit like that, just go to the internet, get the quote from the Manchurian candidate, plug in Donald Trump's name, and just keep sending that back to them over and over mm-hmm. and over again. Never mm-hmm. respond to them, never rebut them, never debunk them, because none of that shit's going to work. Just keep repeating, Donald Trump is the kindest, bravest, most honest human being I've ever met in my entire life. Donald Trump is... And eventually, yep. they'll stop bothering you. But yep. if you engage with them in any way, if you let them put a hook in you in any way, they will drag you down some goddamn rabbit hole, and you'll waste hours of your life trying to rebut either a bot or a Republican. And at this point, there's no difference between the two. Right. Except that 78% of Republicans think he's incredible and 49% don't watch Fox News. Maybe only the top four, you know, Reagan, 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 and then uh, Trump. Trump's $1.5 trillion tax cut for billionaires will not result in a promised 3% annual growth rate. It oh. will result in deficits, oh. which apparently nobody cares about. Yeah. Okay. Well, again, these are all things Republicans used to care about. Uh, to no one's surprise, Paul Ryan uh, is joining the board of the Fox News Corporation. So, you know, <sighs> eventually, <laughs> eventually, wow. they all go back to the roost. Yep. Uh, Elizabeth Warren called for the eliminating of the Electoral College as part of an effort to expand voting rights because every vote matters. There is no longer a single Republican in the House of Representatives that is considered to be a supporter of abortion rights. Think about Mm -hmm. that. Both sides don't. Mm -hmm. Trump said he plans to leave the tariffs on Chinese goods in place for a substantial period of time. No one knows it's how killing long. the auto industry. It's killing, okay. it's killing farmers around here. It's it's you know he doesn't understand how anything works, but he likes the idea of of tariffs, whatever the hell they mean. And so he's just going to keep doing it until he isn't in office anymore. The chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee accused the Trump administration of engaging in quote an unprecedented level of stonewalling. Elijah Cummings said the the White House had refused to cooperate with repeated requests from the committee. They're refusing everything. They're not letting anything go over there. They're just stonewalling everything, and we'll see where that lands us. But, you know, it, at this point, the, the mountain of evidence against the Trump administration is, has collapsed the evidence table. I mean, there just isn't mm-hmm. any more out here in the cornfields. There's really no point in even talking about this anymore other than to recite this is where we are, this is where we're going, and this is this is what's happening today. But I don't need any more convincing that the, the Republican Party – is completely corrupt top to bottom. Donald Trump needs to be in prison tomorrow. A federal judge temporarily blocked oil and gas drilling on 300,000 acres of federal land in Wyoming, ruling that the Trump administration did not sufficiently consider climate change. I have here Kellyanne and George Conway, about whom I think less is better. So we'll skip (laughs) ahead to Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump used WhatsApp and personal email accounts. You know, remember when that was an impeachable offense? To conduct official government business, according to Elijah Cummings, chairman of the House Oversight and Reform Committee. Uh, North Korea threatened to suspend denuclearization negotiations with the Trump administration and resume its nuclear and missile testing programs because Trump's national security advisor and secretary of state had created, quote, an atmosphere of hostility and mistrust. Oh, uh, one other piece of good news uh, that AOC had announced this afternoon or this morning mm-hmm. uh 
J.P. Morgan and Wells Fargo have announced that they will no longer fund private prisons. Oh, that's awesome. That's because we as progressives worked on that. People worked mm -hmm. on that. And uh, it makes a difference. Uh, also, um, I don't know if you knew this, Drift Glass, but we have an opening in our schedule this weekend because Judge Janine is not going to be on again. Ever? <laughs> She's not going to be on this weekend. Mm -hmm. They haven't canceled her show yet, but two weeks in a row, she's not going to be on in spite of Donald Trump tweeting that he wants her back <laughs> on the on the hopeful side of things. I went to uh, an interfaith gathering at the Islamic Center here in Springfield. You went to a vigil, right? Yeah. For, yeah. For the... It was, it was uh, uh, to to memorialize and mourn and celebrate the lives of the all the people who died uh, at, in the mosques in Christchurch, uh, New Zealand. And uh, all the community leaders were there. Uh, representative of every faith was there. They had um, Christians and rabbis and uh, and uh, imams and the head of the mosque all reciting prayer uh, in their own uh, tongue and in tongues that I could understand. Uh, it was a beautiful and moving and just terrifically community spirited service. It was mm -hmm. a you know sm uh, small mosque in the middle of Springfield, Illinois, so it, you know there's no national news here. But it does give me an awful lot of faith that there are enough people out there who understand what the stakes are and understand sort of what's at the core of their faith is peace and brotherhood and love and, and anti-violence. And honestly, as I told you uh, <laughs> when I came home from this thing, if I had to do a blind taste test, you could, didn't tell me which religion uh, I was choosing, yeah. I'd probably uh, go with uh, with Jewish. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just, just based on the rabbi, because the rabbi was saying, you know, uh, God does not command us to forgive these assholes. Uh-huh. Uh, uh -huh. God is God, and we're not supposed to avenge ourselves on the bad people, but we're not supposed to pretend they're not bad either. I'm like, you know what? I'm liking your pamphlet. Maybe you can tell me more about what you got going on there. Uh, but it was faces I recognized, faces I didn't, uh, people I knew, know from the community, people I know from church and all, all kinds of different places. And it was just extremely uplifting to know that that many people would come out for that purpose uh, in, in the place where I live. And, so and I let's a do a of... shout out to the Mongrel Mob Bikers Club. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. That, uh, They're amazing. They are a bunch of heavily tattooed gang bikers. Uh, uh -huh. The mongrel mob, they call themselves. Uh, and they are in New Zealand and they vow to protect the mosque during Friday prayers. Yeah. So they were, are yeah. surrounding the uh, mosque and uh, they're there on the front lines. And good for yeah. them. Hey, uh, each week we post to our Facebook page and website an internet kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's internet kitty is a cow. Any cow, anywhere in the universe, all the cows, all of you that have become cows. <laughs> Every cow. We're going to have a bunch of cows yeah. up. I have to find a free image of cows to put up. Uh, wherever will you wherever. find that, Blue <laughs> I'll find one. Uh, but you can send your internet kitty or other pet to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go Postal Unions! Letter on the air unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso-based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. This is not charity. This is our job. Approximately 1% of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution you can too. 
See our website, proleftpod.com for details. We have a new GoFundMe up at the ProLeft Podcast website, proleftpod.com. We're trying to get the rust in the back of our van fixed. It's time to do it. And the estimates were twice what I thought they were going to be. I thought we could get mm-hmm. it fixed for a grand. It's going to cost us two grand. <sighs> so uh, if you have some spare change that you can donate, a uh, one-time donation to help us do that. Uh, again, it our angel nerd just did everything to make sure that the, all those links are working over at proleftpod.com. Go fund She's me. amazing to fix the Mm -hmm. pro-left van. Thank you. Please Mm -hmm. share our show on social media, and thank you for doing that. Hey, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Oh, Blagel, I have a note here from the Internet Kitties. It reads, cows, really? That's what we're doing now? Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. The Professional Left Podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2018, DGBG Productions Incorporated.